Hello and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance Podcast. This is the podcast that brings you the greatest innovation change makers in the world of insurance and insure tech. We speak to innovation leaders from carriers and brokers. We speak to insure tech founders and C-suite executives. And we bring you all of the people that add value to that community, whether it be private equity, venture capitalists, or even people like organizational psychologists and thought leaders and futurists. We try really hard to bring you the most innovative people in the world of insurance on a global basis. So with that in mind, we'd love your support. So please like, share, follow or subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Alex Bond. Welcome to the Leadership Insurance Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by FinPro. FinPro is a leading insurtech specialist recruitment business that operates on a global basis. We have delivered assignments across North America, throughout Europe and into Asia. We are super excited to speak to anyone who has some recruitment challenges that is either starting or scaling a business. And we're confident we can help you find the people to help you innovate the world of insurance one new hire at a time please visit our website, www.wearefinpro.com for more information. Good morning and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance podcast. I'm your host, Alex Bond. I'm very lucky today to be joined by Mark, who is the CEO of Efficiency, um, which I said correctly, did I not, Mark? We've... <laughs> uh, efficiency with an A. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Efficiency with an A. Um, uh, thank you for being here, Mark. It's really kind of you. Um, yeah, we were just laughing actually off air um, because I had this sort of elephant in the room thing where I was like don't call it affinity um because that's not it um I did actually have to re-record the start of a podcast three times the other day because I couldn't get the name right which is very embarrassing um so I won't embarrass myself further by explaining what you guys do Mark it'd be fabulous if you could start by you know introducing yourself and um, what it is that efficiency do okay great well first of all thanks for having me here Alex um efficiency uh we are a insurtech company. We're based in the US. And what we do is we build, we manufacture completely digital life insurance products that can be purchased in a single sitting, a single session. We put these products on our platform and then we make them available to the sellers of life insurance. Um, we're innovating the product and the delivery of product and taking friction out of life insurance and then making that easy for the sellers of life insurance to get their hands on, to white label, and to sell. Amazing. Brilliant. Um, Life insurance is that, you know, I think everyone talks about insurance products being the things that you pay for but never want to use. Um, Life insurance is the ultimate, Um, but it's um, so ubiquitous. Why do you think that, well, you might disagree with this. It feels like it's been quite slow to digitize. Um, It feels like, it feels like the, the insurtech's kind of evolution has pushed uh, other areas of insurance faster. Um, I suppose, one, do you think that's fair or, or is that just my lack of knowledge? Or um, if, it is, if you do agree, like, why do you think that is? I do agree. Um, and, and look, I can, I can talk about the US market. I'm really not knowledgeable beyond the US, but sure. knowing the US market, it, you know, it's just, it's a very high, highly regulated building a life insurance product is a process. I mean, a typical company, might, might, life insurance company might spend two, three years doing it because 
you know, you know it's, it's the underwriting, it's the pricing of the products. These, these are products where the, the risk you, you measure over many, many years, right? You, don't, you, don't, you can't measure the risk very quickly like you might on another insurance product. And just the, 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 the disparate technology uh, that's been uh, part of the industry, it's just been very hard uh, to change. And I think it's been difficult. And that's why people have probably ventured into other, other areas first. Mm. Uh, so I do agree that this seems to be a laggard in, in terms of insurtech innovation. Um, but you know what? We see that as an opportunity, really. Like the more complex something is, <laughs> the harder it is to change. And that's great because if you can figure it out, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, you're one, one step ahead of, of everyone else. Mm. Yeah. Do you, do you think that's something that your background um, enabled you? Look, because in other areas of, you know, particularly in uh, direct to consumer brands, but uh, small commercial, we've seen lots of entrepreneurs coming in from different sectors. Um, you've obviously got a background in 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 the distribution of, of life insurance products as as, as your previous um, career. Um, do you think it'd be very difficult for someone to come into something as complex and as regulated as life? Um, do you think that's why we've probably seen the kind of less entrance in that? Yeah, well, I think what I, my my perspective here is the entrance that we're seeing, the first entrance, have tried to tackle the distribution, hmm. right? So. Um, which is, hey, why don't we take these life insurance products, put them online and put them in an app and just make them more accessible. Um, and, but it's not as easy as that, right? Um, and, 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 I, and I say that because that, that's, I, I sort of lived that, right? I went to, my background is not in insurance. I was at a credit card business, American Express for many years, mm-hmm. um, which is building consumer financial products and selling them direct, et cetera. When I went to the, 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 the life insurance, um, what I learned was you can't just take a, a traditional life insurance product and throw it online and then make it easy, easily digestible. You got to, you got to redesign the product. Mm. So what I think has happened, a lot of people immediately have come in and said, great, let's just take this product, put it online. But it's not that easy because if you're going on, yes, you can quote a product, but then if you're going to put someone through a very lengthy process and in this country, you know, getting life insurance can take up to a month, right? Mm. Um, Typically, if you're going to get a meaningful amount of coverage, someone's going to have to come to your house and take blood, and then it's going to have to go to a human underwriter, and that process can take weeks and even even months. Mm-hmm. So, by just taking that product and putting it online, yeah, you can get a quote, but have you really re-engineered that process? Mm-hmm. So, um, that's where I think uh, a, a lot of people have started. But I think now, um, and, and that's where we, we chose not to go. Um, because, um, you know, that's also an expensive business, Alex. And especially as more and more people get in, you know, the cost of getting those leads has become very expensive. So yes. our view was, you know, let's just focus on the innovating product and then let's just give it to the people that already know how to sell. And, mm-hmm. and either they're already selling today and we're just making it easier for them or because of our products, we were open, at, they've got the customers and now we're giving them a product that they can actually uh, sell to their customers. So that's, that's sort of how we've, approach this and I think I feel now more and more uh, energy is moving into the product innovation I'm seeing that and I'm seeing all the players in, in the in the ecosystem move towards that the, the way the reinsurers are looking at things and the carriers they're all starting to say you know what let's really take a, a hard look at how, how our products are and how we price them so I, I'm seeing that it was all about distribution all right and now I see it moving more towards the product innovation. 
Mm. It's interesting that actually, because I can even see that in my own business. So, you know, we were, we were senior level search business and we work with insure techs and startup businesses. And we used to do loads more on partnerships and business development. That was kind of like the, you know, every day we get an inquiry about, do you got anyone that can do partnership roles? Yes. Now we're actually doing loads in the product space. Um, and, you know, recruitment is always a good bellwether for what's happening. You know, it's like, right, that's kind of the evolution. But I also think it's a little bit of a, you know, I think a lot of the earlier movers on the distribution side were like, oh, insurance is broken. And the irony for me was that they weren't really changing insurance. They were changing the distribution of insurance. It's only when we start to look at product are we truly changing insurance. You know, it's like, what does it look like? Is it fit for purpose? You know, um, and I think that's really enlightening to me because the, the kind of the sizzle didn't match the steak you know it was like oh we're changing insurance it's like no you're selling traditional insurance products you're just doing it in a slightly different way and, and actually i don't think anyone was like over the moon with how they bought insurance but you weren't hugely inconvenienced by it you just it's something you had to do um and you only have to do it once a year so i always think that like the inconvenience of buying insurance is like yes you, you need to make that process better and if you can make it more streamlined and if i have to answer less questions i'm happier but it's also something i only do once a year per like so so it's not that huge of a problem so it's not like you know when you've got amazon and, and you want to get things delivered and they've kind of solved that delivery problem for you you know that's a massive time save because there's a huge amount of kind of uh, touch points i have for a year but insurance is different so yeah, I, I find it interesting that that's kind of the evolution I've seen in the, the maturity of insure, um, insure tech businesses. I'd also say with life, it's it's actually, a bit, I think it's even more challenging because you don't have to buy it, right? And especially in this country, you don't have to. I know in other markets, you get a house, you get a mortgage, you got to go find it, you got to get it. Mm -hmm. Here you don't. Mm -hmm. So the other challenge is how do you, how do you make it also relevant for consumers? And that, yeah. that means finding distributors that already have those consumers in the ecosystem and then giving them product that they can see and look at and say, you know what, this is relevant for our consumers. Let's put it, let's put it in front of our, our customers. So that's an additional challenge and it's an additional reason why the product design is so important. Mm. It's interesting on the, on the live side because, you know, you, you've got very obvious touch points on when people think about buying it. Um, the house usually means you have to, so like particularly in the UK, um, if you've got children, you'll probably want to get some anyway. Um, outside of those things, those kind of big, obvious kind of movers towards it, um, it's kind of, it's an interesting, it's an interesting product to market, you know, because <laughs> how do you market it without just being really negative and going, you know, you never know, guys, you never know. I don't know when's the most appropriate point. <laughs> Well, I've, I think you're, you're right. You're, you're right. Those life events are the times that people are really perceptive to this and open to it. And we see data that shows us that. So, you know, for us, it's finding people that live in those ecosystems. But I'll tell you the other way, and this is interesting to us, is, and they often say it in this country, you know, life insurance is sold, not bought, right? So what we're finding is that the traditional sellers, the agents, the financial advisors, um, they are the ones that actually do, do the selling and it works. And, and that, that's, that's traditionally how, how this business, most of the distribution in this country still works like that. Yeah. And what we found is there's also friction there. So our, we, what we've learned is our solution also works in that space, because if you can go to one agent, um, 
you know, typically they want to go for the more affluent type customer because honestly, there's more money to be made there. Yeah. But if you can make products a lot less frictionless and easy, they will go to the people that are being ignored, right? That don't need the, the, the huge amounts. So I think that's another thing we've learned. Another entry point is let's work with the people that know how to sell. And if we take friction out, you know what? They're going to sell more and they're going to expand the demographic they go to. That's, yeah. that's an interesting, we can start off thinking that, but we've learned that through, through our journey. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. So talk to me about that. Like, like I'm always interested that, you know, when did you go, you know, coming from like Cody Cast, when did you go, right, one, we're going to go after life and two, mm-hmm. you know, I suppose why, why this and why now is always an interesting thing for me. Well, I mentioned, like I went from credit cards to a, a life insurance company that said, hey, we're, we're going to sell direct. Let's just sell life insurance directly to the consumer, which made complete sense, right? It's so obvious. Yeah. And what I'd learned through that experience, and that was really the eye open and the catalyst for efficiency, what I learned was the demand was there. That was obvious. People, people wanted this. And you could see that, right? We were selling a lot of direct-to-consumer. But I saw that friction point, right? Like, and that, 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 that was the realization to, to me that, um, yeah, you can do the marketing and the demand is there. People want it. But until you redesign the product and the process, that's, that's where the, the trick is. So anyway, that, that, that's, that's what sort of got us going in the idea for efficiency. And, and you know, initially, that's, that was our thought. Like, let's, if we make it so easy, we can go into all these ecosystems that don't sell life insurance and make it easy for them. And we do that, right? But what, what, what I was mentioning earlier, what we also learned was, you know, there's, there's demand there from the existing distribution. Yeah. Um, and COVID, COVID really uh, brought that to life because, you know, um, there, there was a, a distributor that we met and they used to have agents that would go make an appointment, drive, visit someone, they call it knee to knee, sit down across the table, mm-hmm. have a consultation, sell life insurance. And with COVID, they finished overnight, done. But within three months, they were selling more life insurance than they ever had because they quickly adapted to Zoom and they, they figured, look, this is a lot more efficient for us. Um, and unlike other distributors in that space, they really thrived. And then when we got talking, they're like, hey, if you can give us a product where our agent can literally sit down in, in 10 minutes that client can be have the insurance policy in their pocket and be covered. And that agent can pick up their commission check the very next day. They're like, that, that's a game changer. So that was a, a light bulb moment for us too, right? To say, you know what? It's not just about opening up new distribution and embedding in existing, in, in um, uh, other, other, other platforms. It's, hey, changing the way that the, the traditional distributors sell and giving them the tools to do that too. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What's the split of the business now? Now you've had that, is 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 it? Are you still more heavily towards the kind of embedded embedded solutions or, or traditional? Um, yeah, or if you can share that with me, you might be able to. Yeah, you know, no, I, I think the, the mission is still the same, embedded. It's just, it's just, how do we have maximum flexibility so that we can embed in whatever environment is needed? And if that, and the way I look at it with those traditional agents, we're still embedding. Like they've got their sales process. They got their sales technology that they use. We need to understand how do they currently sell life insurance, and then we're sort of embedding our solution within their yeah. within their solution. So it's yeah. it's the same principles. Um, it's just teaching us that we just need to focus on being having products that are very flexible, and our technology has to be extremely flexible, so we can accommodate any any sort of e- ecosystem. Mm-hmm. That, that really hasn't changed in fact in fact it's actually helped us develop additional tools for example 
um, traditionally, we make all our products available via API, right? And that's, and when we do that, because when we go to certain environments, they control their website, their app, their app, their platform. They want their look and feel, and we want them to keep that. So what we do is we say, look, we will give you the APIs into our life insurance product, and you can design your UX, um, and that's great. But what this taught us was, you know, some distributors, that's going to take time for them or prioritization, or some won't have the skill set to easily do that. So that's where we learned, you know, why don't we start evolving and build some UX ourselves that is highly configurable so that someone could take it off the shelf, they can repurpose it for their environment, and either it's a way for them to get going immediately, or maybe it's a stepping stone. They can start with that as they go and build their own UX. So again, that's something that we learned uh, from, from that experience I talked about, but, but it just, I think, strengthens our solution set for, for all distributors and makes this notion of embedding a bit more flexible. Mm. Something that we've we've had we've talked about embedded a lot, um, usually on kind of PNC uh, type landscape um, or personal lines, um, and and one of the things that's come out is like it's it's kind of defining what we mean by embedded because it does mean slightly different things to different people. I think a lot of people when they think of embedded, they like oh it's almost closer to a traditional affinity products where it's like sold at point of sale as an add-on. How do you define it personally? Um, and I'm interested to see, like, do some of your distribution partners think of it in a different way as well? So have they have they embedded it at different points of the process? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I think we've expanded our definition, but it is what you said, right? I, you know, we it is what you said. Finding distributors that are selling something else or interacting with the consumer in a different way. And then making it very easy for them to say, oh, by the way, we've also got this solution. So, for example, you know, people that are, that are I'll give you an example. Um, someone that is servicing someone with a mortgage or giving them a mortgage solution, right? Now, that consumer is in that mind space that you mentioned earlier of, hey, maybe they just got a new family, maybe they're expanding and they're thinking about life insurance. So, also, you know, that's, that's how we look at it too. So, how do we give them a life insurance solution that they can put in their environment and then there can be a natural conversation of okay you got this house uh, you got this mortgage uh, what about some life insurance here's an option and you can you can get it done in the next 10 minutes so yes we, completely we see it we see it that way um, so that's I think the, the more traditional way of seeing it the, something we're working on now is what about for people buying home and auto right you bought a home, oh, it's, um, home and auto insurance so let's say you just got auto insurance now here's the trick here. You can't. My our view is you can't. Okay, you just bought some auto insurance. Now you can't send someone through. Okay, what about life insurance? You can do that, but it has to be really, really, really simple. Right? Yeah. You can't be. Well, we're going to send you here and ask you all these questions because now the consumer's like, well, hang on, I wasn't really looking for this, and now you're going to put me through this whole process. So, I think you really, depending on the ecosystem you're in, you really got to tailor the product. To be to be frank. Mm. Um, and that's what we're thinking and we're working on now. How do we get life products that are so simple? It's almost like a click of a button and you're done, right? And, and that's what we're working on. So on, on the, the spectrum of complex to simple, we, we're sort of pushing the envelope. On the simple side, we're, we're working on that stuff. Like one click of the button, you're done. Because then it opens up a lot of these other opportunities where it becomes a, a, a purchase of, of it's just convenience and happenstance. Um, 
but we're also working on the other end of the spectrum too with some of the more you know financial products that are a lot more complex we're also looking to tackle that as well mm. on on the simple side is it is it about like how limited can the information be that you require like the what's the kind of what's the north star where do you want to get it down to like five questions we're done we can do one you know pretty much so this is all about risk at the end of the day and, and that's really key to how, how we, we we do things so look anyone anyone can in, and again I'll, I'll talk about this market here I'm not familiar with other markets but anyone can build a life product where you can ask five questions and get covered right yeah. the question is how expensive is it going to be and how much coverage do you get right and where we've pushed the envelope is all our products fit that construct. It has to be instant. And at the end of that con conversation, someone has to get insurance policy. But we're pushing the boundaries of price, so it's competitive, and, and the amount of coverage, like you know, up to a million dollars or more. And the way to do that, it's this constant, it's, it's all about the risk. How do we price it? What's the underwriting? And the way we've accomplished that is we've worked very closely with the risk takers, so the reinsurers in particular. We, we typically start product design with reinsurers. Mm -hmm. um, and we use the tools, the latest and greatest tools. So we, we pull instantly, we'll pull all this data in to make an underwriting decision. Yeah. And in this market, things like we pull your prescription history and risk scores and motor vehicle records, we can do all that. Um, but here's what's a bit different. Understanding the distribution plays a big part of the risk um, for life insurance and for, for, for most insurance, but, but especially for life insurance. You can have the same product and if you're selling it, by different distribution channels, you can have very, very different risk profile. And that can mean the difference between a product bombing and not working and a product working and giving the, the appropriate um, profit margins. Mm. So we've tackled that. And, and the way we tackle that is every product that we, we design, it's not for everyone. Like we don't just build a product and say, okay, come and get it. We assess every distributor and say, is this the right fit? How, do they, how does this distribution sell? What sort of audience do they have? And then, so that's a key part of what we do that I think is different. And then secondly, we've got tools to measure that. So we've worked on some proprietary data scoring tools where we can get a, a, a measurement of the risk as it comes in and not have to wait for that mortality experience to come through. And that's something that we work with our risk partners and share with them. And... Um, having those two extra components allows us to do what I just said, push that envelope and get better pricing, more coverage with, with that amount of ease. So what I'm talking about, like the symbol click, it's just, it's, it's moving us moving along that same journey, right? Um, but just pushing the envelope further as we show our performance and as we, we get our, um, our risk takers comfortable with our risk tools. And, and that's what that's about. It's about innovating on the risk as well, not just the convenience, and then pushing the envelope with that. And that's why the data is so important. Um, that's why the data is so important with this and the scoring tools that we've, we've developed. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's been a move, and this is in the UK market, but to make it make life insurance more fun, like, um, yeah, from the branding point of view, it's been quite interesting. And, and, and it's been very transparent as well. And I think, I think what they're doing is what a lot of the sort of, uh, direct consumer brands of life insurance in the UK, what they've tried to do is they've made it more fun, um, but they're selling life insurance to people that previously wouldn't have bought it. But for you and I that probably know more about it, it's, they're actually often quite limited coverage. You know, it's mm -hmm. like lump sum, 
and, and not particularly large lump sums. Um, and they've really simplified the process, but they've really limited the, you know, basically the payout on that and that risk. So um, it, it's been kind of heralded, you know, in the press and everyone's kind of excited about it. And it's, and, 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 I, and I'm, I, I think it's a positive thing. I think it's a hugely positive thing. I think, I think, you know, life insurance is a, is, is on the whole such a, such a positive um, low cost investment for most people to, to kind of look after the families when they're not there. Right. Um, but, um, and to, and to access people, but it's interesting because it, it seems like they're working against the traditional distribution models and therefore they're not offering better products to existing customers or a better process to existing customers. They're offering a new product simplified, limited for um, people that have not bought life insurance before. Um, the risk I foresee though, is that if you really buy into that, you then start looking into it and then you, you I don't know what they have in terms of a product suite that's suitable for people that buy it more, more regularly and, and are a bit more astute with their buying of it. So, um, but maybe that's part of their plan. I don't know, it, it, it's, um, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, you, something we discussed, um, you and I didn't, but discussed with one of your colleagues was how fast you're able to launch new products. Um, uh, why do you think that, why do you think that is? Um, and, you know, is it structural? Um, is it cultural? You know, what is it about you guys that you're able to kind of do such good speed to market on your new products? Yeah, no, it's a great question. First of all, I'll tell you why that's so important to us because that's central to our business model, right? Mm -hmm. Like I said, we're all about, the innovating the product and our belief then becomes hey if, if we're going to win in this space and really innovate you got to be quick mm -hmm. because i think i mentioned to you traditionally it might take two years to build a product with a life insurance company and then i'll tell you what that's a problem because you may build a product and maybe it doesn't work and now <laughs> what do you do so by design we have to have the ability to build product quickly and do lots of it and be able to tailor it quickly because that's how we're going to figure out what really works and we're really going to innovate, right? So that's why it's central. How do we do it to your question? I think there's two parts of that. One is really understanding how to build life insurance product. Like forget about the technology. Yeah. How do you design and build a product? And we have that expertise. And I think it's sort of, um, we started with that. So knowing how to, for example, sit down with actuaries and reinsurers and price a product, knowing the, the, how to do automatic underwriting, right? We come with that solution. We sit down and say, here is our underwriting manual. Here are all the tools and all the data that we bring in. Having the expertise around that. Um, understanding the regulatory uh, process, right? In this country, you build a life insurance product. It has to be filed with 50 states the department of insurance yeah so knowing how to um build the product uh, define the product um and then be able to bring it to the regulators um is an important component so that whole piece um is really really important and that's what we're good at right so we don't go to life insurance companies and say hey we've got an idea for a product let's work together um, and, and build it, we go to a life insurance company, and we've got, I can talk about that later, we've got a nice stable of them, and say, we've already, we've already designed the product, here it is, here are all the forms that we need to file, um, here's the pricing, here's the underwriting manual, uh, here's our reinsurance partner that's willing to 
you know, take take risk on this, depending and as much as you're willing to cede. Um, uh, so that's that's one key important for speed, right? Because now you've short-circuited that process that can typically take a long, that design process that can take a long time because there's many different stakeholders in an insurance company mm. that need to be involved. So one piece, short-circuiting that by doing all the heavy lifting. The second piece is technology because you can design a product. And by the way, that first piece is, what we found is becoming, that takes more time than the actual technology. Yeah. The second piece is we have invested in our platform so that we can easily onboard product. So when I work for that insurance company I mentioned, if you wanted to change the price of a life insurance product, that was a half million dollar investment and took three months because you had all these maybe 20 different technology systems you had to update, right? We've built a platform. We've got one platform that does the full value chain from doing a quote to doing an application, having an underwriting decision, taking payment, generating the, 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 the policy pack that goes to the consumer, putting into the, the administration system. So we're focused so much on building that platform and then on how we can easily put, put the product onto that platform. Mm -hmm. So if we can short circuit the design, which we're, we're good at, and then we've got a platform where we can easily put it on and, and activate the product, that's how we solve what, what you asked for. That's how we get the speed to do the, the product innovation. And look, it was, it's a luxury of being a startup and having a blank piece of paper and being able to design something from scratch, you know? Um, Mm. Uh, which we did, but we're, I'll tell you, we're already on our second generation of that now. So we've, we've, we've learned our lessons and, and our next generation, we'll be able to onboard product pretty much without even coding, like, you know, very low code, uh, rapidly putting product onto our platform. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, Cause I was gonna ask you, how do you think that's gonna be impacted as you scale? Cause there's a lot of things that as a, as a startup business, actually you're, you're able to do quicker just because you, not yeah everyone talks about legacy and of course legacy systems all that sort of stuff but this culturally and just physically there's less people i'm sure you're not in a room these days but there's less kind of like decision makers required to get around the table right then as you scale um how do you keep that speed going but i suppose you're winning already because you've got that iteration of code that you don't need to do you you you're kind of getting a low code environment but can you see some challenges as you grow to kind of keep that speed is is, is the bottlenecks will be created yeah well you look i think that's that's that that is the um the challenge startup challenge as you grow getting to that next level of growth how do you maintain the energy the speed of decision making while having to grow a team right it, 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 I, by, by force, it's going to be impossible to do things as you were when you're a much smaller team. So honestly, that's the, that's the biggest challenge I see for, for us right now is how do we grow, which we're, we're rapidly hiring now, but then how do we build that right culture to preserve all of that? So that I think a lot about that right now because um, that's the trick. How do we keep that secret source and not dilute it as we, as we, as we grow? I think the, the other piece, which is really key, is the partnerships we have. So yes. we, um, we've got some good, great carrier partners. And honestly, we've built some trust with them because we can come to them and say, here's this product, we've done all the heavy lifting. If there's not the trust there, you're not going to get anywhere. So, you know, that takes time to build and we've done that with the products we've already built. But that's another key ingredient there, building, uh, having the right risk-taking partners Mm -hmm. um and we've put you know that's we're bearing the fruit of that now having having really 
worked on that for the last two or three years. What do you look for in those relationships? What makes a good relationship for, for a carry partner? First of all, they have to be on the same wavelength. Philosophically, they have to completely be on board with what we're doing. You know, I mentioned the instant decisioning, yeah. um, the way we look at risk, pushing the envelope, being comfortable with how we're balancing the underwriting and, and the pricing. We have to be completely on the same page there. And then the carrier has to be on the same page with what they're bringing to the table and what we're bringing to the table. Because what we're saying is we're doing all the heavy lifting on the technology, on the operational stuff, um, and they've got to be comfortable with that. So that's really key. And at the end of the day, if you go to a, a life insurance company, you know, it's not just about, you know, you can go to the, the CEO and the CEO can say, right, let's do it. But, you know, unless you've got the head of the actuaries, right, the people that do the underwriting, the people that run the distribution, the technology, unless all those stakeholders are on the same page as us, it ain't going to work, right? Mm. So that's what's key. What's key is they're on the same philosophy. They understand what we're doing. They know they're comfortable letting us do what we do well. Um, and... Uh, we go we go into the journey together with that understanding. That's key. If we don't have that, that relationship will not work. Because mm. I imagine one of the challenges for you is exactly that. You, you know, your speed to market strategy being that you do all this work up front. It's no good if you rock up and go, look, we've we've created the product. Basically, this is ready to go. You just need to kind of like agree. Um, if they're going to go, no, we need to take this away for six months, look at it ourselves, do all the, basically repeat your homework. Um, so it's interesting. I, I know I talked to one of your, your colleagues, they were telling me that you, just before launch, you had a kind of like last minute capacity provider pull out. Um, uh, I hope I'm not sharing tales out of school. <laughs> um, yeah. Or if that's true. <laughs> well, my notes are wrong, but is it did that happen or yeah i think i think what happened, maybe that was uh, yes but that was early early days for us like really early the reason it's i asked because that's a that i, I wanted to sort of your approach to adversity because yeah well, i kind of wanted to sort of you know yeah. just that founder journey of going you've done all this work and you've got your carrier partner and then they go yeah we're going to pull out the process like how do you, how do you tackle that yeah, I got a great example. We our, our first uh, we built our first product. Right? The first product we ever built. We had a relationship with a carrier. They're like, this vision sounds great. Let's do it. And it was awesome. Right? That was that was a big break for us. As you know, it's like moving from the PowerPoint vision to okay, let's let's do something here. Mm -hmm. And we built a product, and they were really happy. And we went live. And like two weeks in, the carrier comes to us and says, we just found out our corporate owners are shutting down the life insurance business. Wow. So, so we're like, what? We just did all this work and we're all excited. We're starting to sell. And now it's like, they're getting out of the business. So yeah, that, that's, that's a real moment, right? Like of, holy crap. Um, what the hell do we do now? Hmm. Um, and, you know, someone once told me, hey, you're going to have this existential moments with a startup. Hmm. That was the first one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was right it happened but you know what it's 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 like it's and you got to have a thick skin here and you got to expect it by the way mm. stuff like this all is going to happen it's not going to be good news all the time and i think you just got to have the willpower to break through it like okay that's and look at it as an opportunity so hey 
we built something really cool. And now it wasn't just a vision on a PowerPoint. We actually did did it, right? So we quickly pivoted over and, you know, by force of will, uh, found three other carriers that were interested in what we were doing. Yeah. So I think it's a lot of it's about attitude, right? And you got you got to have that attitude. It's, it's a roller coaster. And there's no way around it. It's going to be days where it's like, man, this is great. It's just like we thought. And other days where it's, holy crap, you know, this is, you know, this is going to be bad. But now, honestly, when that happens, if I, it's sort of, it doesn't really worry me anymore because it's just expected. It's like, yeah. okay, uh, how are we going to solve it? Like, you got to go in with the attitude. Everything is completely solvable. Uh, we just got to figure out how to do it. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. That, that's important ingredient, I feel, if you're going to, if you're going to be in this business. Mm. I think that's entrepreneurship in a nutshell. I, I, I had a conversation with um, Sophie, my colleague earlier, and um, we'd had a bit of uh, basically bad news on, on we're trying to build some products outside of kind of traditional sort of recruitment. And um, we'd had some bad news. And I just said to her, I said, look, on everything, I want the bad news first. Because like we get the bad news first and, and it's like, right, what is it? How bad is it? And what are we going to do about it? um the good the good stuff's kind of yeah you need to celebrate it because otherwise what's the point but at the same time it's like that's you, you kind of got to go well that's good that went as we hoped it would and sort of move I, on really I, I hear you know it's sort of it's sort of perverse because like all the good stuff happens and everyone's like oh that's great and you actually you find yourself not actually celebrating it because you're like oh i'm already past it that's great it happened as planned like it's yeah. not as exciting as as it probably should be because you're you, you know you're always straight on to the next thing yeah no which is which is which is the same but you know you you get to look back and if you do it right and you get your exit you get to look back yeah. then right? that's that's when you well, that's the thing, right? hopefully i could just save it save it all up for then and then, and then have a, yeah. A, yeah. a massive sigh of relief and, <laughs> Um, I've got one last question, really. I, I suppose I, I think the way that you talked about your partners in such glowing terms, I probably know why this is. But did you did you ever consider, or would you ever consider doing a sort of full stack solution? And, and was it something you thought about? Yeah, thought about it. But um, so here's yes, thought about it. But but here's how we, how, and it wasn't much of a thought because when you think about that, okay, do we become a life insurance company? And why? So really three things, the, 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 the paper, mm-hmm. you know, the insurance licenses and, you know, the solvency capital, but we're not really innovating any of those pieces, right? Like those, those are necessary pieces. So our view is let's just, um, partner, you know, partner with the carriers that provide us that. Now, look, it's a, it's a lift up front to do that. Now, the, the, the alternative view is why don't we just do that ourselves? But our, our view was if we do that, that is going to suck up so much energy for, from us, like figuring out how to be a life insurance company. Um, all, all, all the energy and the hurdles to figure that out um, would just suck up what we should be focused on, which is where the innovation is, right? So, so that's why we've sort of looked at it and said, why would we want to do that? It's just going to distract us. And if we can get the benefits of that through the partnerships, we're okay. So that, that's how we felt about that. Now, look, it's an investment, like you could say, you know, there's still friction with the carriers, but, you know, we build those relationships. And look, we're not in the business to go and say, let's have every carrier in the world sign up with us. We just need a handful of good partners. And, and that's been our approach. And if we can accomplish that, you know, that other thing, you know, it might be appealing to, to look at, but we feel it would just sort of knock us off, off course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I agree. I, I think some of the stuff about, you know, wanting to be full stack is it, 
it's it's not driven by the kind of financials it's driven by the ego you know it's like i want to be the you know the full stack and 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 i think a little bit a little bit sometimes comes from the misunderstanding of of, of uh one the scale of that challenge and or, or maybe that's uh yeah maybe that's not fair to say maybe people don't understand the scale of the challenge but you know there's so many good businesses to build where you you know you know focus on the bit that you're good at um but um yeah, I apologise. I mean, it won't mean anything to someone who's listening to this, but my, my camera keeps turning off and on. Uh, so, so I keep leaving Mark alone on the screen. But Mark, um, I think that's a sort of really interesting point to come to, 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 to sort of the conclusion. Um, but I did want to ask you about, you know, 2022. Um, we're sort of coming into the second quarter. Um, any kind of exciting developments that you want to, you can let people be aware of? Is there sort of growth things that are happening? Yeah, um, I'd say three three things. Um, new products, right? I've done all this talking about <laughs> we've really invested in doing product. Well, we're doing it, right? So we've got like, I think four or five products we're working on um, that we're really excited about. Um, uh, next layer of our capabilities, so we're investing in, and that's more about our distributors, making it even easier for them to get their hands on our product. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned building... Uh, we're just building tools to make it even easier for them to sort of take product and get them into their ecosystem. So that's that's where we're really uh, investing our energy. And then, and part of that is um, when we do these new products, we're bringing this distribution with us. So now we've we've started to learn, hey, if there's a distributor, let's bring them as part of the journey because ultimately, if they're going to sell it, let's bring them into the conversation, the product design, mm. and you got a much better chance once it goes live, then they can straight out the gates uh, do very well so that's what we're focused on but to make all that happen it's building team right uh, i think i talked about that earlier uh, cool. we have a lot a lot of like five products is a lot and these capabilities we're doing are a lot the good news is we know what we're going to do we're not scratching our head trying to figure it out but building the team rapidly that's 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 the other that's the thing that we're going to be focused on in the next six months and um and that's going to be that's that's the the next challenge I'm taking on. Yeah, sure. Can't believe we've left on that cliffhanger. That's my that's my favourite topic. But um, <laughs> but I won't bore everyone about recruitment. But um, look, Mark, you've been really generous with your time. Uh, super interesting conversation. Thank you so much. Um, and really excited to see what you guys keep doing. So um, look, um, thank you once again for being guest on the podcast. Alex, great being with you, and thank you for having me here. Thank you. As always, this podcast is brought to you by FinPro Search Partners, often simply known as FinPro. FinPro is an executive recruitment business working in the insurance and insurtech space on an international basis. If you would like to find out more about FinPro, please visit our website, www.wearefinpro.com or our FinPro company page on LinkedIn. I've been your host, Alex Bond, and I would personally love to connect with anyone who is interested in the changing world of insurance. So feel free to reach out to me directly, um, either on LinkedIn or via my email, uh, alex at wearefinpro.com. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and I hope to see you back next week. Thank you.